0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. In the name of Allah, the Most Merciful. And the Lord, we trust Him and we will be blessed and we we and our من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وَخَيْرَ الْهُدَى هُدَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلْمَ وَشَرْ الْأُمُورُ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي الْنَارِ Come to the second hadith from the 40 hadith of the Kalam of Al-Mustafa al mukhtar al-mujtaba sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that contain two words and today's hadith like every day is an important hadith important for muslims to understand and important for kuffar now muslims to understand so go away with the proper understanding of the hadith so we don't have to be apologetic and on the back foot when they take these kinds of hadith to try to make us Defensive and apologetic about the Deen of Allah The Hadith today is the statement that the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam: Al Harb Khidatun. Al Harb Khidatun. Al Harb is war. Al Harb. The plural is Hurub. Al Harbu. Khid'atun. Khid'a is from the word khada'a. Khaaf dal Al harbu khid'atun. This khid'a, it means to be deceitful, like the munafiqoon. Their first description in the Quran, yukhadi'oon Allah wallavina amanu. They try to deceive Allah. And they try to deceive those who believe. Once again, Al-harbu khid'atun. I'm going to say it, and you're going to repeat it after me, inshallah. Al-harbu khid'atun. Al-harbu khid'atun. Al-harbu khid'atun. Al You guys are more on top of Al than you are Al Let's get that This is really important. Al Harbu As it relates to the translation, we will translate it as war is deceptive. War is deception. The war itself in war, there is deceit. If you don't deceive your enemy, they're going to deceive you because it's the nature of war. War is deception. If you don't deceive your enemy in war, they're going to deceive you. And the Prophet said these words, Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam." Al-harb, khid'atun. khid'ah can be khid'atun, with a dhamma, and it can be khid'atun, with a fetha, or it can be with a kasra, khidah, showing the, the fluency of the Arabic language. All of those are from the language of the Arabs. This hadith has been collected by imam al-Bukhari and al-Imam Muslim. So the hadith is muttafaqun alayhi, highest level of a hadith in the dunya. Not only is it in Bukhari and Muslim, but 10 companions narrated this hadith, therefore it's mutawatir. A lot of companions narrated the hadith, so it makes it even stronger. There are some hadith, only one companion narrated. Some hadith, two companions. Some, three, four, five. There were those a hadith that are mutawatir. A lot of companions heard it and they narrated it. And this is one of those hadith. Al-Imam al-Bukhani a Muslim narrated the hadith on the authority of Jabir ibn Abdullah and on the authority of Abu Hurairah. May Allah be pleased with them and the rest of the companions of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ala ali wasallam and So now Muslims will say, you see this hadith? War is deception, didn't we tell you people that Muhammad was a warmonger and that islam spread by the sword and people were compelled? Here's a hadith in Bukhari, a Muslim saying, war is deception. We're going to say to them without blinking our eyes, without looking away, without becoming aggressive, we're going to knock the brains out of falsehood with knowledge. And we're gonna say, that's right, Allahumma na'am. I see what he said, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. but you say the same thing. Not only do you say the same thing, but you do the same thing, because this is a universal principle. al harb khid'atun. There is a man, I believe he was from Japan, he wrote a famous book called The Art of War. The Art of War. If you wanna go back, and get that book. It's a short book. It's a quick, easy read. He's writing about things you need to know about war. He has different maxims in there, things that you should know. And one of the maxims that he has in there is that nine-tenths, 90% of war is lying, he said. Lying. This book, The Art of War, are in all of the famous institutions in America and in the UK when it comes to the military. In America, all of the institutions of the military, they make you study this book and they really make the ta'rim of this book because in it is some pertinent information. You're gonna live in this world, you're gonna have enemies. You better know the reality of your enemy, like never underestimate your enemy. Never ever look at someone as being lesser than you in number. His preparation is lesser than yours and whatever. And as a result of that, you make discard of him. Like the non-Muslims did of the Muslims on the day of Badr. They had over a thousand, the Muslims only had 300. They had horses and camels, there were three Muslim men and one animal. When they looked at them the night before, they were getting high and drinking and having a party. The next day, those same Muslims and the Odia Allah, along with the Malaika, decimated them. Never underestimate your enemy. That's what this man wrote. His name is Sunzu. You spell Z U T Z U. T Z U. Sunzu. So the point here is, what's the point about the book? The point about the book, if you go to the Citadel in America, if you go to the Naval Academy in America, the Army, the Marines, every institution where the military is in America, the art of war is a must-read. And I would go as far as to say, you should read the book. Not because we want to wage war, but you have enmity and enemies everywhere around everywhere around. So know how to deal with them. Know how to deal with them. You guys heard of that maxim, keep your friends closer and your enemies closer? You heard that before? I'm not going to ask you where that came from. Keep your enemies close, your friends close, and your enemies closer. How many of you heard of that before? I'm not going to tell you where that came from, but that's kind of old school. It came from Don Corleone actually that who made it famous. But before him, these things were said in the art of war. So the Prophet of Islam Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this hadith is only explaining to the people the reality. If you are not aware of your enemy, you're not aware of his reality, you're gonna have a problem. And I think everybody knows one of the iconic African-American figures that I have a lot of love for was Malcolm X, When they kicked Malcolm X out of the nation of Islam unjustly, they kicked him out. And he was trying to come back in by using his relationship with Muhammad Ali the box, who had just won the world championship for the heavyweight in America. He was trying to use him to get back into the nation. But the old man Elijah Muhammad, He was being deceptive. He was playing chess and Malcolm X was playing checkers. Never play checkers when people around you are playing chess. Never play softball and people around you are playing hardball. I don't know if you guys know the difference between softball and, and baseball. I don't know. I don't know because you play cricket here. But softball is with the big fat ball and you throw it under and anybody who's blind can hit the ball. But the baseball is small, and they throw it 9,700 miles per hour. Your enemy is playing hardball, and you're playing softball. You're playing checkers. Never allow that. Beyond the program, beyond time, and that's what the Prophet is telling us right here, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Al harb khidatun. You may have a situation where you're in the court. You're in the court. Don't be going in that court dealing with people based upon good feelings and opinion. You better go in there playing hardball. You better go to court playing hardball. Depending upon who's on the other side. But don't be going in there talking about everything is rosy and we're going to have a coffee break and drink coffee and tea and party and eat cookies after that. That's what this hadith is about. al harb khidatun. The reason why some scholars say this hadith came to us, like the Asbab al-Nazul of the Qur'an, they said that the day of the battle of the Khandaq, the ditch, the battle of the ditch, Suratul ahzab was revealed because of the ditch. All of the Arab tribes were coming to Medina in order to decimate and to destroy the Muslims. So instead of fighting against them, the Prophet put Mount Uhud, the Prophet put Mount Uhud behind him and they started to dig a ditch. And he strategically placed people at a particular place to protect that area. And the Jews were responsible for also helping those Muslims to protect that area. But they were not going to engage because it was just too many people. There was a man by the name of Ibn Mas'ud, Nu'aym Ibn Mas'ud from the Ghatafan tribe. He came and embraced Islam that day. He said, Ya Rasulullah, give me permission to give you benefit in this war against the Ahzab. I can use my position. They don't know that I'm a Muslim now. I'm going to go over there and be the eyes for the Muslims and I'm going to make fitna amongst them. He said that the Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wa al-harb khidah. Harb is deception. Go right ahead. So he went and he said to his tribe, the Ghatifan people, who were on the side of the kuffar. Some of them were gonna help Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl and those people like that. So he started making fitna between his own people. And then he went to the Jews of Beni Quraitha, And he told them, listen, you know me, I'm I'm from the Datfan, I'm a good person, you can trust me, I'm telling you. These Ahzab, Abu Abu Sufyan and Abu Lahab, these people came from Mecca, I'm telling you, if they lose, if we lose this war, if we lose, they are gonna make a problem. When we start fighting, they're gonna run away. It's gonna be... And he put doubt in the minds and the hearts of the Yehud. And then he went to the Ahzab, and he said the same thing to them. Listen, I know these Yehud, they're not from us. If they meet Muhammad, if they lose, they're going to run away, it's going to be a problem. And if you ask them to put hostages up, so if we lose, we have those hostages, they won't do it. And he made doubt in the mind of those people. As a result of that, but he weakened the army. That's the reason why they say this hadith came. Now pay attention. These two, these, This hadith and this incident was mentioned by the great historian Muhammad Ishaq, write that down. Ibn Ishaq, Muhammad Ishaq, one of the greatest historians in Al-Islam. He's da'if in hadith, but he is an imam in the seerah. His books are important, that book Rahiq al Makhṭum, most of that comes from this book. So Ibn Ishaq narrated the hadith I just told you without any chain of narration. But in that statement, al-harb khida. but the story doesn't have any chain of narration. There's another famous mu'arikh, a historian, his name is Ibn Hisham, he came after Ibn Ishaq, he took that same story from Ibn Ishaq and put it in his book, without any chain of narration. So if it doesn't have a chain of narration, we can't say that incident is authentic. But this is the well-known incident that is connected to this hadith because al-harb khid'atun is from the sunnah. Al-Bukhari wa Muslim, that part two words from the sunnah, and it is authentic. As it relates to the hadith itself, there are a number of adilla from the Qur'an that show us al-harb khid'ah, where Allah is telling us to be on top of this, to be prepared, to deceive the enemy and to be prepared to know that they're trying to deceive us the first ayat is a statement of allah ta'ala allah <laughs> allah said in this ayat Prepare whatever you can prepare from power and might and from horses that are strong so that you can put fear in the heart of those people who are the enemies of Allah and the enemies of your enemies and those people who you don't even know when they hear about the way you fight and what you do on the battlefield. Those who are not fighting you but even the ones who hear about you they're going to be afraid of you. You don't know who they are, but Allah knows who they are. This ayah, the scholar said, this idda, this, this preparation, وَأَعِدُّوا مَسْتَتَعْتُمْ Prepare for the war, prepare to have khid'ah against the enemy. Prepare to have khid'ah. And you'll see how the Prophet did it, صلى الله عليه وسلم. That's the first delil. Listen. The brothers who are takfiris, The brothers who go overboard in jihad, sisters who go overboard in jihad, we don't apologize about anything of our religion. But jihad is not with Hamas, it is not with awatif, gone amok, just emotions. Jihad in Islam is ibadah. And jihad is an ibadah that has fiqh, a lot of fiqh. You don't throw caution to the wind, you don't go out there with anything. This ayah said, make preparations. Train, be ready. You have to work out, for an example. You have to do the proper things. Jihad is not Ashwari. you just go out and do what you want, say what you want, protest and march. We're gonna go and protest at the Hindu place, climb over the fence, jump on the fence, screaming. That's not jihad. That's phoba. That's not jihad. Jihad in Islam has fiqh connected to it. And this hadith, al-harb khid'ah, goes to show jihad is with your intellect. It's not just with your muscles, going out there and just doing anything. It's having strategy. It's having a plan, as you're going to see inshallah azu-jallah. That's the first ayat. The second ayat that supports this is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَا يَتَّخِذُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الْكَافِرِينَ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِن دُونِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ فِي الشَّيْءِ إِلَّا أَن تَتَّقُوا مِنْهُمْ تُقَاتِ وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرُ It is not permissible for the believers to take the disbelievers as friends and protectors over the believers. And anyone who does that, Allah won't have anything to do with him. Unless you are afraid of the harm of the disbelievers and you do it with tukya. You do it with tuqya. And to Allah is the final return. A tukya and a tawriya That means you say something, you mean you say something, the person who hears you saying that, he thinks you're saying one thing, but you mean another thing. That's from Al-Islam, At-tukya. You say something, the person who's listening to you, he understands one thing, but you mean a totally different thing altogether. It's narrated that the Prophet was leaving for Mecca, and he came upon a man who he wanted to know, what's your information? About the enemy, my enemy, Quraysh. But the man didn't know Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, nor did he know Quraysh. So he didn't want to get in trouble. So the Nabi asked him, according to this narration, Have you seen Quraysh? Do you know what's going on with Quraysh and Muhammad? What's going on? He said, I'm not going to say anything, because I don't have anything to do with the war. I don't have a horse in the race, and I don't know who you are. I don't know what side you're from. You tell me who you, what side you're from. I'll tell you what I saw. Rasulullah said, "Agreed. I'll tell you what side I'm from. You tell me first. The man said what he saw, and then the Prophet told him, according to this narration, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Nahnum ma? Nahnum ma? We are from water, ma? Water. But the man understood ma is a place in El Iraq, as if we're from Iraq." We're from Ma, as Allah mentioned in many ayahs of the Quran. Let mankind look at what he was created from. He was created from a water that's pushed forward. So that is a tukya. You say something, you don't mean that, but the person understands it. Ahl Sunnah, they do tukya and war against the non-Muslims. They don't do tukya against the Muslims, they don't do tukya with their wives, they do tukya against the non-Muslims. Whereas the people of Al-Tashayr, the Rafid and people like that, they do tukya against Ahl-Sunnah. So it's hard to believe them when you're debating and when you're talking and they talk positively about Abu Bakr and Umar and Aisha. It's hard to believe them. It's hard to take them face value. In war, al harb khid'atun. What about the principle? We have to take people based upon a parent, not that people do tukya as a religion and they say, if you don't do tukya, you have no deen. You have to know who you're dealing with. So I'm not going to look at that person and judge him based upon what is apparent, because I know from the arkan of his deen is a tuqya. So the person sits there and he's just debating, he's talking, and they're saying good things and you get duped and fooled that they believe that. They don't believe that. That's the second delil. The third delil from the Qur'an is the statement of Allah Ta'ala in Surat al Anfal, ayat number 16. وَمَنْ يُوَلِّهِمْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ دُبْرُهُ إِلَى مُتَحَرِّفًا لِقِتَالٍ أَوْ أَمُتَحَيِّزٍ إِلَى فِيَةٍ فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَدَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَمَأْوَاهُ جَهَنَّمْ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ Listen to this ayah. The ayah said, and it's talking about running away from the battlefield. The hadith of Abu hurairah said bukhani Muslim, المبقاد, Stay away from the seven major sins. They will destroy you. الاشراق بالله Making shirk with Allah. السحر Magic الريبا, And التوالي يوم الزحف, Running away from the battlefield When you meet the enemy. That is a Kabira from the Kaba'ir to give the non-Muslims your back and you get in the win and you run away. Once you go for the battle, the Muslim man, he has a tawakul ala Allah and he knows with yaqeen nothing's going to harm him except what Allah wrote for him. Nothing's going to miss him except what was meant to miss him. That's the religion. kuntum fi Even if you are in high lofty talk, Pot, the lofty tower, death is going to get you. Can't run. It's going to get you. Get in the airplane, get in the rocket, goes out of the stratosphere. If molt is written for you, <laughs> your running is not going to help anything. So in Al-Islam, to give the enemy your back is a major sin, except what this ayah said. This ayah said, as for the one who turns away from them and gives them their back, then let them know that Allah will be angry with them and their, end, their, in, their ending or bold will be the Jahannam and what a bad ending, except the one who turns his back as a strategy of war. At the Battle of Uhud, Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, the Muslims were winning and then the archers came off of the mountain and on that day, Abu Sufyan had rode around and caught the Muslims in the middle, and he came and he started stabbing him and killing him, and they started falling. Rasulullah wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar, they ran towards Mount Uhud, not running away, they ran towards Mount Uhud to get another strategy, to do something else. So the ayah said, Anyone who runs away and gives him their back and he run away, then Allahu Ta'ala is going to be angry with you. And your final resting place will be the hellfire. And what an evil resting place except the one who gives them their back as a strategy of war or he gives them their back to go meet another group of people that's with him. So he's fighting and it doesn't go right or whatever and he runs to go meet up with his battalion over there then that's permissible. So al-harb khid'un, khid'u khid'atun. That's another ayat. The last little is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah says, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, لا يهلُّ كذب إلا في ثلاثل. Lion is not permissible except in three circumstances. And the second circumstance he said, al-harb. Kedib. fil filhar kedib. War is permissible to lie. It's permissible to lie. A man can lie to his wife to please her. The the Prophet said. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the wife can lie to the husband to please him as well. Not to oppress neither one of them. Let me have your dowry money because I want to do this, no, you can't do that stuff. But she's not a good cook, she cooked something for you, Say said, how was it? She said, it was really nice, best meal I ever tasted. And you don't feel that way. And she could say things similar to that to you. The third time you can lie, the third issue is to make Islam between people, to make peace between two people. He's fighting, he's fighting El Islam. Does not want us divided. Islam does not want us arguing, family members, brothers. And that's why I tell you this da'wah that people call is sadafiyah, where they're only refuting sadafis and al hadith, that stuff is politics and personal personal agendas. That's all it is. Because right here in our class, may Allah give all of you barakah. If any of us had any dispute, any issue, we had a beef all we have to do is come to each other and talk. It's that simple and easy. That simple and that easy. And we're not going to use this religion to allow us to stay divided. That's the religion of the ghulat. That's the religion of hizbiyin People have hizbiyah Unfortunately, from the many jamaat, and I say from here, all of these jamaat are a problem in our religion. They keep us divided. The Madhabs are good but they're not good when they're being used to be dividing our community. So that hadith, it is not permissible to lie except in three situations. One of them is doing the war. You can lie doing the war. Now we wanna share with you inshallah some examples of how the Prophet did sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sallam How did he do it? And then we'll show it's not the way some of the brothers do it here. Takfiri, jihadi brothers. And again, when I say takfiri, jihadi, I'm not against a takfir. We make takfir the way it's supposed to be made. When there are muwani there and the sharoot, when the mawani are gone and the sharoot are there, we make takfir on people. No problem with takfir. We make takfir on the people Allah made takfir. No problem. The problem, the takfir that we have, are the people are on the madhap of the khawarij who expel Muslims based upon them doing kaba'ir, making mistakes. Problem we have. But 15, 20 years ago, they were running all over the place and they used to use this hadith, al-harb khidah. They said that the UK was dar harb Dar harb We're at war in America, in the UK, in France, in Belgium, and here and there. and. You can lie, you can lie, and he used to do all kind of madness. No, we're gonna see how the Prophet showed and manifested inshallah Al Harb Khidatun. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam number one. Anytime Rasulullah wanted to leave Al Medina in order to go to fight a war. Anytime if the people that he was going to fight were over here to the east, the Nabi will always leave Medina going to the west. All the time. All the time. And why would he do that? Because inside of Medina were the Munafiqun and the hypocrites. They've always been present. Wallahi, they're present in GLM. And they are present in Gumgul Sharif. And they are present in Central Mosque, and Regent's Mosque. Munafikona here. And they report on us lies. And they report the truth. That's why you have to beware. There's fiqh in jihad. Fiqh in jihad. And I'm here to say publicly, we don't apologize about anything in our religion. We just do everything and understand it the right way. There's fiqh in jihad. There's also fiqh in choosing your friend. Everybody who looks like a Muslim is not your friend. Everybody who takes you out to Momo's and eats a meal with you is not your friend. Go to Momo's and eat a third if you want. Eat two thirds if you want. But don't start telling him your life. You don't know that man. You people remember Undercover Mosque, right? Undercover Mosque. That was a Muslim, a low who came, trying to get me in trouble. And all he did was have some footage, ask me in the office, I want to go to Medina. Can you help me to go to Medina? Sure, you just have to get all the conditions, and then you just go to Medina. And that's all they had. But when they put the program on, it looked, it looked, you know, all 007, and it looked like some of stuff. That's all he had. That's all I said. Like I say to every student here, you want to go to Medina, you have to get the conditions, and then come back, and I'll write you to Tuzkiah but don't go to Medina and then you get pressure put on, you come back, you're from the ghulat. So there are munafiqoon. No problem, no problem, they're here. We have nothing to hide. What we say in public, we say in private. That's not our religion, these, these, the, the political jamaat. They'll still give you one face in public and another face in private. Everything about Islam, we're about it, and we're on it, from a- alif to ya, everything. But jihad has its place, its time, its people, its ahkam its adad. We're not going to apologize about that, just as we're not going to apologize about things people can't get their heads around, the evil eye, and other than that. We're not going to apologize about plural marriage. We're not going to apologize about that. Yeah, jujima juj. We're not going to apologize about this hadith. So the Nabi of Islam sallallahu wasallam, would go this way so that the munafiqun can write letters and send messengers to say, hey, Muhammad is coming to get you. So look at the difficulty that he would put on the community because at harb khidah, you have to do extra effort going way out here than getting far from Medina, than going all the way around. There was one war that he didn't do that. You guys got to remember this. And that was the war called the War of Tabuk. The War of Tabuk. It was very hot and it was far, going in the direction of Hashan. It was hot and it was far. And it was a tough war. And they were going to fight the Byzantines. Rasulullah is coming from the desert. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But when these people were gonna attack the Muslims and he got news they were gonna attack the Muslims. Rasul said, I'm going to meet you at the door. I'm meeting you at the door. I don't throw karam from far away. I'm going meet you at the door. And he prepared those companions, radiallahu anhum, and they went in the direction. They went in that direction. Why? Because it's too much to take the people in another direction and then they have to take that long, arduous journey. Sallallahu alayhi wa He told the people, anyone who's fasting, don't fast, don't fast People were fasting, wanting to meet Allah, fasting And then there's people gonna come today cursing the companions Allahi, you have no deen, you have no deen The deen of the companions is the deen that Allah is gonna accept And if the mulit was from that deen, those companions would have been the first on it I don't even want to give khutbas and darls about the molet anyway, anymore, because people is going to do what they want to do anyway. I mean, just tie it. People are believing yarmi, mole it, all of this stuff, no delil. Then an authentic, authentic hadith comes, we can't accept that. And then we only, we want to wonder why our ummah is in this condition. That's the first example. Khidah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would be traveling and he gets to the enemy, he will wait until the nighttime comes. And when the nighttime comes, he would attack them in the nighttime. When they're not aware, they don't know what's going on. And then when they get up, they're in disarray. And the advantage is to the Muslims. This is called al iktihad bil-asbab. Taking precautions. Put it on your seatbelt. belt, going to the doctor and getting tested, getting your eyes checked. Especially our brothers who are from Africa and African-Americans, but Muslims in general, we are really neglectful when it comes to our health. Just go and get checked. Your wife is having a baby, let your wife go and get it screened in the early stages. Rasulullah used to tie his camel sallallahu He used to take sure and ask people questions. So he would travel, and then he would wait until night time came. Once the night came, he would pounce upon his enemy, al-harb khidah. With the Byzantines, he's gonna go meet him at the door, because he's brave. They will hear a loud noise in Al-Medina, a loud noise. Everybody would run home, get their camel, get their horse ready, get their spears, or sword, and they'd go to meet where the noise is coming from, only to find Rasulullah coming back all by himself on his horse with no camel, with no saddle, just his spear and his sword. And he coming back and he said to the people, don't worry, don't worry. It was just the wind of Medina. They said, when the harp, if the harp, the war became hot, we were behind the Nebi and the sparks were going all over the place. He didn't tell the people, you, you, you go fight over there, I'm going to lay down on my pillow. The Nabi was in the front of the army. And yet, and yet, he took precautions. He didn't go out to these big wars by himself. He didn't do that, he went with people. Another thing he used to do, number three is, he would wait to see if the people made the Adhan for Fajr. If they made the Adhan for Fajr, he would keep going. If they didn't make the Adhan for Fajr, he'll go get them in the chilis, That time where the sun is just not coming up yet, but it's still dark. He did that at the Battle of Haber, where the last Jews were. He went And at that time they came out to harvest their plants. They knew he was coming, so they were inside of their homes scared. They said, Let's go out and harvest these plants real quick, this vegetation. They went out at that time only to find the prophet and the companions coming down on them. And the Yahoo said, Muhammad Walch. Muhammad Wal Muhammad and the Khames. What's the Chemiz? Muhammad and the army with people in the front, one, people to the right of them, two, people to the left of them, three, people in the middle, four, and people bringing up the rear. Muhammad wal-Khamis, meaning, this is real business today. That is al-Harb khidah. That's the Nabi's understanding and application of fighting in Islam. Not waiting for a member of parliament at the underground and stabbing him. Getting on a plane and going over to Syria. To do what? To do what? Another example is when he went to Umrah. He went to perform Umrah All of those years were passing and the Muslims were getting stronger and stronger and stronger and he went to perform when he conquered mecca sallallahu alaihi wasallam he conquered mecca so the companions were going around the kaaba and news started spreading amongst the kuffar. now muslims started to say the muslims have come from al-medina and they brought with them the fever of medina because medina people used to get sick a lot in medina they brought with them the fever of medina Loose lips sink ships. That's a maxim in war. Loose lips sink ships. That's our religion. Prophet Muhammad told the people, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, If you want to be successful in the things that you want to do, then be quiet. Don't tell everybody about it. For every netmah that Allah gave you, somebody is jealous, give you the evil eye, sabotage your situation. Don't go around telling everybody, my wife is pregnant, my wife is pregnant, my wife is, don't tell people that. Tell people who love you and who have deen, tell them, because they'll make dua for barakah and they'll have evil eye against you. You go and tell everybody, oh, I put my paperwork in Medina. They're going to keep asking you, did you get accepted? Did you get accepted? After a year and a half, you start getting tired. You don't want to see him anymore. If you never told them, you won't have to ask, get, ask the question. Be selective what you share with people. Little lips sink ships. So, Quraysh, they started saying, the Muslims are sick. They have a fever. fever. Maybe, maybe we can get them. Maybe we can get them, maybe they're not as strong as we thought they were. That news came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while going around the Kaaba. Rasulullah with the companions were going around the Kaaba. The Kaaba is square. This is the black stone for an example. And this is the Yemeni corner. And the Yemeni corner to the black stone, what's the ayah of the Qur'an we read? (laughs) That's what you read. The Prophet from here will say Bismillah Allahu Akbar and Quraysh were over there and they can see the Muslims. So the Muslims job. He told them, expose your right muscle. Expose that muscle. Put your izar under your muscle like this and make your muscle look bigger and we're gonna jog and they saw the Muslims jogging when they got around they can't see him from here the Prophet started walking to take it easy with the people who just came from Mecca and they, from, Medina, from Medina and they're tired sallallahu alayhi wasallam. when they couldn't see him he slowed down and then when he got here again they ran again the non-Muslims said those people don't have a fever look at their muscles Look at him running. So for the Muslim brother who wants to be Zahid, May Allah make us all Zahideen inshallah. People who are not into the dunya. We are people who don't eat a lot, sleep a lot, talk a lot. You know, you're very careful about how you spend each day. It's beautiful, beautiful. But zuhud is not walking around with your head down and your shoulders dripped down like that and when people shake your hand, you're real humble like an Arnab. We don't, we don't have Arnabs amongst us. You know what an Arnab is, right? It's a rabbit, man. We want a We want lions. Be a lion outside the house and be an Arnab. Nah, nah, nah. We don't want no Arnabs, man. <laughs> we don't want no Arnabs. In the Hadith of Abu Zara and Ummu the lady said her husband was like an Arnap, like a rabbit. One of the ladies said when her husband comes in the house, he's like an arnap. Some scholars said the meaning of that he couldn't have relations, another said the meaning of that he was soft and gentle. So we're gonna put Arnap on the side. He's a he's a he is a lion outside and and, and and he's a baby lion inside, gentle and easy with his loved ones, his mother, his father, his wife his children, and so forth and so on. That is how the Prophet did khid'ah. Last point we want to make, what is not permissible? What's not permissible is when you're at war with the enemy and you have an aman and you have an ahd and you have an ittifaq with them, you have a contract. You have a peace treaty. You have an agreement with the non-Muslims. al Kheda doesn't count. Doesn't count. I'll give you an example of that. Many of us have come from other countries. And we came to the UK and America and these European countries to look for a better life. But when you come here, and you get a visa and you get a passport, you have an agreement with them. Don't listen to what these takfiri, jihadi people are saying. Ignorant people, once you come here and no one's forcing you, most instances people are helping you. You get here, you sign a contract. You sign a contract, an agreement. I agree to be an upright, obedient citizen. I'm not going to be heavy on the infrastructure and get the dough and I don't deserve it. I'm not gonna break the law like that. I'm not gonna be a criminal. I'm not gonna drive without insurance or a driver's license. If I do any of that, I'm sinning, even if I don't get caught. Even if I don't, even if I don't get caught, Allah is watching. you. This is Khiana, khiana and ghadr. Khiyana. Ya ayyu al levina wa Rasul. Amanatikum you believe don't have Khiyana towards Allah and His Messenger and don't have Khiyana towards your contracts and agreements and you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Allah commanded us, Bil take care of the contracts and agreements that you have. With Muslims and non Muslims. Yes. Al Muslimun ala The Prophet said the believers of those people take care of the conditions and agreements that they make with people. So once we come here and we call this Darul Harb, why are you here Can't stay in Darul Harb, gotta get out. And I don't wanna talk to you as if we're second class citizens. This is our country just as much as anybody else's country. We're not second-class citizens, but we have a religious responsibility to, again, not assimilate where we just melt into the tapestry and we just melt and become like everybody else. We don't assimilate, but we integrate. We integrate. We bring who we are to the table. Our religion, our food, our languages and all of that and we don't, we don't let anybody treat us differently. No difference between us and the Hasidic Jews of London or wherever they are. We don't assimilate. As for integration, we integrate. This place is a melting pot. Birmingham, the UK. So as it relates to Al-Harb Khid'ah, there's a verse I want to share with you, Surat Al-Anfal. I want you to go back and look at this verse, ayat number 58. Allah Ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa وَإِمَّا تَخَافَنَّ مِن قَوْمٍ خِيَانَةً فَانْبِذْ عَلَى السَّوَاءِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْخَائِنِينَ Listen to this ayah. Ya Muhammad, if there's a group of people you have a contract with, the non-Muslims and you are fearful that they're going to break their contract and they're going to make khiyana, and prove treacherous. If you fear that, then say, I don't want this contract with you no more. No more contract between you and us. You make it clear. No contract. No more. I don't trust you. You broke your contract. I'm getting a bad feeling and vibes from what you're doing, your politics, whatever. Nothing else. And you make it clear. Once that becomes clear, then you can deal with them in the appropriate way. That's the Ayat of the Qur'an. You got an agreement with them, Ya Muhammad, with the Yehud, and other than them, and you can't break your agreement. The people came, and they said to the Prophet wasallam, in Mecca, Ya Rasulullah, look at the non-Muslims, they're making tawaf, and they're making hajj, and they don't have their weapons of war. We can get them now. They don't have their weapons. Rasulullah looked at them people and said, I haven't been sent with that. I haven't been sent with a religion like that. They were not Muslims making Hajj, Umrah. And you weren't supposed to bring your weapons of war. You could bring a little knife or something like that, but not the weapons of war. So the people from the Quraysh who were performing Hajj, they didn't have any weapons. The Muslims were not performing Hajj. They were a few people, hostile environment. They say, hey, the playing field is 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 equal right now. Hey, Rasulullah, let's go get them. Once and for all, we got them. If I haven't been sitting with that, what do you think the people are going to say if we did that to the pilgrims? What do you think the Arabs are going to say about us? And here we are, carrying on justifying nonsense like that. And these political groups, they do that. They justify this mess, this, this stuff. So al <laughs> it means what we explained to you today. If you don't deceive your enemy, he's going to deceive you. We don't have to apologize. All you got to do is look at the uh, war there in the Ukraine right now. All of the disinformation that's coming out from Russia, from the Ukraine, from all. Just disinformation. Why? They don't want each other to know the reality of what's going on. That's just how it is. They don't want the enemy to know the reality of how many people are being killed. How many, what's what's the situation? They don't want people to know that. So they'll make it appear in a way that is not the reality. And here we come, and we have to start apologizing about a hadith that's universal in its meaning. We're going to stop here, inshallah, this class required a lot to be said. The rest of the class will be 40 minutes, 45 minutes with the Q and the A, inshallah. For you brothers, I want to encourage you to get this. This little quick book is called Tahrir al-Maqal Fi Mawqif al-Sarif Min Mawt al-Dalal And it's talking about the death of Yusuf al qardawi Ghafar Allahu lana wa lahu wa It was written by the Sheikh Ustaz Dati Ibrahim ibn Amir al-Ruhayli Hafidhu Ta'ala From the Shaykh who are balanced and mutamekkineen with knowledge especially as it relates to how to deal with Muslims who are on deviation and stuff like that. I highly encourage you to get this paper. The translation is uh, clarifying the right position as it relates to the position of the Salaf when a person of innovation dies. We don't have to be on polar opposites, hating each other and, and arguing with each other. A person takes a position, he has delil, another person takes a position, he has delil. Don't start making, you know, research into people's niyad and so forth and so on. The Sheikh brings the kalam that is ta'sili, knowledge, that is based on proofs in their proper places. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the khidah of those people who want to do us harm and do our community harm, and we ask him pray that he subhanahu wa ta'ala, takes this ummah back to its rush that we used to be on and make us of those people who are committed to our religion with balance and with knowledge and with sincerity wa la illa ant astaghfiruka wa tu alaykum wa rahmatullahi this recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid for more information on the activities and services the mosque provides please visit www.greenlanemasjid dot org.